You know what it is. Most people don't. Republicans seek to take control of the House of Representatives. Republicans are going to retake both the House and Senate. A liberal MSNBC host warning Democrats about the potential for a red wave. Do we have any sort of canary in the coal mine type indications of where we may be headed on that front? Fox News is calling the Virginia governor's race for Republican Glenn Youngkin. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth. Welcome back to the Ruthless Variety Program. The the elder abuse continues, fellas. Yeah, I don't even know what that was. Yeah, I legit, legit have no idea what he just said. What <laughs> did he say? You know what? It's impossible, impossible to understand what he was saying. And the first thing it reminded me of was this old clip. And, and folks who listen to this show who are also fans of the Rush Limbaugh show will remember this clip that we're about to play. It's Ted Kennedy mumbling something. Rush played it all the time. I'm going to play it right now. And you re-elect old Kennedy in the United States Senate. We're going to start on the 96 campaign to elect Bill Clinton as our re-elect him on the next one. <laughs> Rush, Rush played Just that sounds. one. Those, those weren't even words anymore. <laughs> Rush played <laughs> it once <laughs> <and> more. <It's laughs> like, Kennedy's like 40 drinks deep. It's, it's like a that. wonder he can stand, and, and then this guy's just trying to form words. He's like doing sort of a Howard Dean thing there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, although, you know, listen, Ted, the lion of the, of the Senate, as he was known, at least brought some energy to the table. Jesus, this guy, it's well, like, this is true. Holy cats. Um, all right. Good show. We got a big show in front of us. We have Joe O'Day, who is a, uh, a candidate in the great state of Colorado, a race that has gotten not even close to the attention that it probably should there's been polls recently showing that the generic ballot in Colorado is absolutely tied. Um, this is, a, I think, a seat that Republicans can win. Joe Day is currently the only candidate on the ballot uh, on the Republican side. We'll see if, if others join, but it's it's a big race, and I'm I'm looking forward. He came in studio. Yeah, you got You got to appreciate a in guy, person. yeah, who goes the extra mile and, and comes in studio, and I think it leads to a better interview. It does lead to a but and he gave us some hats. What are these? What are these hats? So it's uh, his ha- these hats, which are amazing. They say Colorado oil and gas kicks Putin's ass. Hell yeah! And it's uh, a Joe Day for Colorado hat. Uh, appreciate the the gift for everybody, the cast and crew. I really wish uh, you know Joe Biden would have gotten these hats yeah. before he like shuts down Keystone and makes <laughs> half of Europe dependent on on Putin. That's uh, totally totally right. Um, We've got a Hack Madness update that we could probably cover a little later in the show, honestly, with, yeah. a, with a little bit more granularity because we're down to the, the quick. It, it's the championship match. We're cutting to the quick of this Right thing, there. And well, it's as big as it gets, so I do really want to take time. It is. And, and we started this episode with the Lion of the Senate, uh-huh. uh, Ted Kennedy. I think we need to discuss the Fox of the Capitol. We 100% need to discuss the Fox of the Capitol. For those of you who have not been following this story, over the last week to 10 days, there has been something happening at the United States Capitol. There has been a a, a Fox which has basically terrorized the entire community of Capitol Hill. Um, And it's one thing to sort of read reports, as people often do on programs, 
Yeah, it's easy to see a couple pictures on Twitter, and you're like, I think I know the whole story. Yeah, let me tell the story. But Ruthless knows more. We go a different, we go the extra mile. That's right. Exclusive reporting. We will bring in victims. Victims. Of this fox. I'll say victims in quotes. Yeah, no, no, I want to, listen, this is an important discussion, but, but for this, a man who has done battle with the fox himself, Angry Redskins fan. <laughs> That's right. I've, I've, look, I, I looked that beast right in the eye. Wait, I, so you were there? Okay, well, I was there. Let's, let's back up. Tell us the story. Tell us the story, Bill. Uh, my wife and I, Monday evening, we're going for an evening stroll after our dinner, and we're walking around the, the Capitol as we tend to do. And we were coming up the hill, um, you know, right up Independence there. And, um, you know, about 50 yards away from us, my wife sees this beast. And, <laughs> you know, she has a soft heart, this my innocent wife. And she's like, oh, it's so cute. Well, I know better. <laughs> but uh, it's 50 yards away, so I don't really think anything of it. But it, it's coming at us. It, it's, it's not sprinting at us, but it's strolling down the sidewalk. Would you say it's making eye contact at this point? This creature and I have not broken eye contact the entire time. This <laughs> it's is going, so you know it means business when it's looking right. I at know you. how to deal with with these monsters. <laughs> so you're tra- you're intimidating. I mean, I, what's probably look, I, a mother fox? I, I knew a mother fox. Well, but in the animal kingdom, eye contact, sustained eye contact, straight up is, a threat look, is an aggressive behavior. Straight up a the threat. other thing is, look, you see some of these pictures on Twitter, and oh, it's so cute. I was looking in those eyes, dark eyes. <laughs> A like, murderer, like like a doll, like a like a, like, <laughs> like a protect my thing, children kind of look. I mean, this thing, the w- jaws reference. This, this thing was not protecting its nest because we were nowhere near the nest. This You're thing was sidewalk. hunting. I mean, you this could, was trying to feed yeah. its young, and it, it went after my wife. So, so describe that because you were sit, you were at fifty yards, right? We're at fifty yards. Well, how does this animal close in on you? What's the reaction? Yeah, so we're so we keep walking up because it, it's coming at us, but you know, I kind of think. If we do a sudden move, maybe it freaks out or what. We get like animals yards, do as animals will do. Clearly, this this beast is unwell. Keeps coming at us. So now I'm kind of like, all right. We we take a little step to the side, and it actually strolled by my wife, probably a foot away from her her leg, and she is okay with this beast just strolling by well i again i know better than to trust this thing and i tr- i rotate with it to kind of make sure that it continues to maintain on your eye contact way. correct as i'm rotating i'm realizing my wife is not rotating with me and then as that happens the fox lunges at my wife's ankle like i mean tries to cripple her luckily I reacted very quickly. <laughs> the fox's mouth was around my wife's calf. I rotated her. Bit her? He, it, whatever her, whatever, whatever sex kind this of is. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, yeah. I, the last I saw the mouth, it looked like she was getting bit. She did not get bit because my quick reaction. <laughs> I rotated her out of the mouth and then stepped to the fox. If I had. Not, you know, 
had some compassion for this creature, I would have punted this thing over the dome. (laughs) I had so much adrenaline going. In fact, because my wife didn't get bit, she didn't even realize how close she was to dying. She was scared of my reaction. Like, she was upset with my reaction, thinking, I... Yeah, here you are, the hero. I And she's like, oh, Golden, you overreacted. Yes, she was like, it took her a second to realize how close she came to dying... (laughs) And then realize like I did the right pound thing. Fox? Yeah. How big this is, is this was, fox? Look, what is this? Eight, that, eight pounds. And, and it's like moment, a house cat. In that moment, didn't matter if it was thirty or three hundred. I was fighting it. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't know if Smug would my, be able to take down this fox. I don't, I don't believe this story. I would. I would have. I would have. not happen. Smug doesn't buy it. I Number one, let's look at. Let's, let's just go over the facts. So this guy's calling out. He's making eye contact from fifty yards, folks. That's half a football field. <laughs> Half a football field. Some of the best defensive backs can't see a quarterback's eyes from 15 yards, let alone 50. This guy's got a fox at 50 yards. Yeah, got pegged, got starting to stand down. And if let's say it is true to begin with, he's like, so I intimidated the thing the whole time it's coming over. Passes my wife, does nothing, right? And then it's like, okay, here we go. It's one of the like drunk uncle. I'm a hero stories where he was like, oh, she wasn't bit. She was about to be bit. Well, well I had but, magic however, reflexes. I could have thrown it over the cap. It's like a Napoleon Dynamite where yeah. the dude's like, I could have thrown a football <laughs> field over those mountains. But counter, counter like, point, here we go. Counterpoint, uh, Golden told us this story two days ago. Yeah, before the fox became an issue. And, 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 and now the fox had bitten a congressman. Yeah. Ami Barra from yeah. California. That's Actually right. bit on the ankle. Now, he says grazed. Uh, and, and there's eight others. Right. Who, have re- who have also received some sort of aggression from the fox? Right. I, I wish I wish I could have been with those eight others. So this is a pattern. <laughs> this I, is look, a pattern of aggression. I'm not, I don't buy I'm not, it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not. Look, I'm not saying that um, that you're a hero. You no, saying? I would never say I'm a hero. That's for the men and women in uniform. <laughs> I just react as as I hope any man would walking with their wife. Well, you the know? men and, and women I'm, in I'm uniform I... killed this fox. They so killed wait, it. No, wait, hold Did on, you hold on. They killed it. No, you're jumping. You're jumping way forward. Way forward. Joyous news. Now, what checks out about your story is the congressman who was attacked had a very similar story, and he was bitten as he passed on the back of the leg. Mm-hmm. When did the congressman's story come out about this? Yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. For those All listening, it came out news. It came out Tuesday. Yeah. Let me just... I, I also, just for background, I also have a ton of experience around feral dogs. <laughs> And well, I and, in, and yes. I know I know that as long as you're making eye contact, they're not making a move on you. The moment you break eye contact, that's when you are. They got you. They've got you, especially if they see your back. So I knew when my wife just casually strolled by, she was in big trouble. Yeah, she put herself on the menu. I mean, she did. I mean, but that's just like I said. That's because she's so sweet and naive, and just thought it was a cute fox and saw saw. No evil in this thing, and it was I an knew. angry fox. It was a, it was a it was an unwanted beast. But but he, so so this is made now international news. I don't know if you're aware. I have I've since heard. Yeah. What is this? A French newspaper? It's a French newspaper says fur flies as red fox terrorizes humans at U.S. Capitol rampage, which is awesome. Like the fox sounds so fucking cool. (laughs) So what happens is this fox has been uh, allowed to terrorize people. I don't know for how long. I know that it's been at least a week, but it bit it made a fatal mistake of biting a congressman. And at that point, then the Capitol Police have now gotten involved. Have they released any, like, uh, you know, doctor's reports about it attacking the, the congressman? Like, 
do we have any medical evidence that it attacked the congressman? Well, we is do there have, any facts? It's just his word? No, but we do just have... Just some Dem is like, yeah, kill the Fox and Cavill police is like, all right, we'll go gun him. Well, there's there's people who have been... Have is been, that how it works these days? There's people who have been bitten, who have been taken to the hospital, and I believe one had tested positive for rabies. So this was not a well fox in any, in any stretch of the imagination. However, now since it's bitten a congressman, the Capitol Police get involved... Uh, yesterday, I guess the day before yesterday, in the evening, uh, the Capitol Police posted pictures of a captured fox. Did you have a look at any of those pictures? Oh, yeah. Is I mean, it a po- positive ID? Did you was, positively identify was, that fox? It was one and the same. Yeah. It was the, That was the... It was one and the same. Identical. 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 <laughs> That's right. I mean, I don't buy this. And I, if anything, this story says one thing. It's, it's, it's you know, the libs in power... <laughs> they just want to show they've got the poll. Major Biden on we got facts of how many people that dog bit. You know And nothing. Nothing yeah, happens to it. Yeah, nothing it, happens. Major, right. Major gets to live on a farm. This you, fox you gets get, you euthanized. Get one working class fox. This thing has hundred percent got kids. It's spring. Well let's well, talk about kids. Let's talk about this yeah, because that's the end of this story. The end of we this should. story is that we found out uh, late yesterday that this fox has been humanely euthanized. Yeah, they killed it. They killed it. Which Praise I what, what's I want Red, angry Redskins fan is that is that a do you think that's a just outcome? A- absolutely. I, I I heard she has um, babies. I don't I don't know if uh, <laughs> like they I should suffer nothing. the same fate. But I you <laughs> do think, I don't know if they should. <laughs> but the they, conservative they, case they, for look, killing the mother kids. was clearly unwell. They're probably unwell also. I think um, you're discussing they, perhaps the elimination. No, no, no. Of the I, I want them to survive. Maybe we just drop them in Russia and let them let them deal with them. <laughs> they they should not be on our soil. I mean, they're awful. <laughs> these these are, things are awful. These are terrorist foxes. Yeah, I mean, is what you're saying. Awful creatures. And I, look, my only regret in the whole episode is that I I let the fox stroll by after, and I let all these other people be terrorized. You I should have. I should have immediately. Just told my wife, run back to the apartment, lock the door, and when I knock five times, you can let me in. I'm going to handle this myself. And with and dragging the fox back yeah. with you by the tail. Yeah, I'm I'm upset that the fox got to live two more days after that. You're actually responsible for the congressman being bit yeah. in some way. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. Well, I mean. A, a good- There's a zoo like a quarter mile. You're telling Capitol Hill. So and, and what the- do Capitol Police do? They just kill the fucking Wait, fox. Wait, so this is the debate. Unbelievable. This is the debate worth having. Uh, there are two sides to this. You've heard Smug. He wants to basically have a soft on terror approach with the fox. Let it continue to terrorize or or in some ways uh, allow it to live and terrorize other people in other places. Uh, Smash uh, has a very different opinion. What, what would you have done differently about this situation, Ashbrook? I would have smoked it right away. <laughs> I mean, the, the thing is rabid beast. It's a mongrel. It okay, so how do we know? How do we know if this, these stories are true? How do we know the Dem congressman didn't give him rabies? All right, this is well, a California either Democrat. Either neither of them should be running around. Neither of them should be running around. And I and I would note, I would note that once again, Joe Biden doesn't do anything about anything. You mentioned major. Some of the listeners may have noticed, uh, and Joe Biden didn't do anything about major. Some of the listeners may have noticed that President Obama showed up at the White House this week as well he did and he was getting a lot of plaudits he was getting a lot of pats on the back that biden just does not get (laughs) uh he also released a statement about what he did because i think it was actually obama 
who was the reason that this fox has been taken care of. Well, that's certainly what the press would have you believe, sure. Well, let's hear Obama's statement. Today, at my direction, justice has been done. <laughs> if anything, the fox had information that would lead to the arrest of Hillary Clinton. And they were like, not happening. He had the, the fox had the long-form birth certificate. <laughs> Roll, rolled up in its little collar. <laughs> I love it. Angry Redskins fan, thank you for sharing your story. Nope, just happy I live to tell the tale, and thank you for, for letting me share it. <laughs> you bet. Oh, what a program. What a program. <laughs> so, listen, I know uh, that we are here ostensibly to talk about politics, but uh, today, this morning, as you're listening to this, we are all preparing for Tiger Woods to be back at the Masters. Yeah. And I don't know about you guys, but this is like, for me, this is just a massive deal. The return to glory. I mean, I, I can't get enough of Tiger Woods ever. But the fact that this guy has come back from that injury and is playing in like just over a year uh, really just astounds me. I love him. I just love him. I, can't, I couldn't love him anymore. The guy's a tremendous athlete with all of the natural ability uh, that anybody could have been given. But uh, what's more impressive is what he's done with it. You know, in the same way that Michael Jordan had some natural ability, but he put his ass into every practice he ever went to. He knew he knew that he wanted to win, and he, he went after it. Tiger Woods does the exact same thing. And it's just such a rarity in sports today to have somebody who is, has that much talent and that much focus and is just iron iron laser focused on on the pursuit of victory and i i hope he wins well, and, and everybody you know americans love a comeback story they do especially in sports and you know like michael jordan you remember the flu game in oh, the yeah. nba finals yeah. this would be like the flu game on steroids well i don't think there's actually a parallel to this like nothing there's I don't nothing think there is. well maybe the olympics when that uh gymnast like broke her ankle oh and then finished and the, then finished yeah. the ball carrie strug carrie yeah. strug i mean co- sort that of was, similar that was to a that. good moment a great moment for america did you guys see the uh hbo documentary oh yeah yes i mean great so i thought tiger was like pretty awesome before i saw that and after i was like oh, this guy is unbelievably cool <laughs> i mean and, he is and for he's smug, like cool in the fawns at this point smug is yeah. probably the only one who believes that part two was better than part one i mean so here's <laughs> my take is if I, you've seen it you know what i'm talking I, about. I mean the undisputable fact is his wife ruined his life it's like <laughs> she, she was greedy it wasn't enough that she could have like she could live with him. She just wanted half his money and and be gone, right? Like that was a hundred percent her plan from day one. Poor guy falls in love with her. She takes all his shit, leaves, and his life falls apart. It's awful, and, and that's why it's so much a bigger deal when, when he came back and won. Right, he Smug's, rebuilt after this woman just like wrecked him. Smug's leaving out Tiger's affair, obviously. Well, in all I mean, this. alleged. Well, <laughs> I mean, the evidence is pretty clear and at the, this point. And the poor, and let, can we not say a word about the poor Denny's waitress? That's the Denny's thing. Is there's the, the, the thing is, is you know. People have different types of fuel, you know. Some people need carbs. Some people, you know, need protein. He just needs like waitresses, like Sunday Tiger. <laughs> it was a hundred percent incumbent on like two or three diner waitresses, right? And listen, what do we get? What do we get for that? Is greatness. That's a small price to pay. The waitresses had zero complaints. 
I've always said, you know, you don't. It's not. We didn't. Uh, we're not a fan of Tiger because of his uh, fidelity. I mean, shall we say. I mean, the, the thing. It's like you gotta. You gotta give this guy a bit of leeway for what he does. You know what I mean? Like genius has to. You know, you can't make everyone live by these like square standards. Like you're really gonna chastise Tiger when? I mean, when he puts on that red shirt and hits the golf course. I mean, it's like it's like Michelangelo. Like no one's it's done. Perfect. No one's done what he's done, and 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 you're gonna be like, all right, I'm taking the well, side of the yeah, like supermodel yeah, who took his money. We're very lucky to live through the era. Yeah. That we. Well, I mean, we were witnesses to greatness. Well, and, we and you go back to part one, Holmes. <laughs> uh, it's not like the guy had a lot of great role models. No, I mean, just when he's at the driving range and Earl's giving it hell in the camper behind in the, the camper, uh, yeah, behind the parking lot. You know, I mean, there's some things that rub off there. Right. Some good, some bad. Yeah. But you know what? I love the guy. I can't wait to watch this. I know a lot of our listeners are super psyched about it. Um, we got a five. You want to read a five star? Sure. Uh, Dunks, go ahead. Best horse fighting podcast <laughs> on the planet. I assume it says planet. I got dot, dot, dots there. From Derek Dreyer. Uh, comedy, politics, animal combat, and media hypocrisy. All in one pod. Keep up the great work, fellas. I've never missed an episode. Awesome, dude. And my favorite is still the Sea Shanty and Radio, uh, Ruthless Radio Theater. Oh, yeah. We need to start doing more yeah. of that again. Yeah, that yeah. was incredible. Yeah. I, I, you know, like, it's... It, it's we, a lot of work, but we got to find We got to make a it. commitment to do it, because those were great things, and, and they were so fun to put together. The, uh, the smart commentary and honest coverage is the only thing helping me get through this transitory pain. Can't wait to get a Ruthless Live from one of our many tall buildings here in Indy. Oh, oh, about that. Oh, Just from Indy. close. And it lives in the greatest city in America. Strong clothes. A, Strong a, clothes. a city with many tall buildings to the chagrin of my, my friend here, comfortably smug. And again, tall is a relative term when it comes to Indianapolis. <laughs> <you know>? Unbelievable. <laughs> Guys, there is one more five star that was. Oh, just, uh, come on. He's doing it, was, it, it again. Was literally just submitted uh, this personally. Is just personally. Yeah, personally, from a like very, you did very it? good friend. No, I'm, this, this comes from RVP commenter oh yeah, yeah. Oh. very very good friend a of the great program. friend of the program yeah yeah he, he personally delivered this one right before the show that's a five star and he writes jordan pippen manning harrison moss call pepper sackick forsberg ashbrook henneberg unbelievable <laughs> did you put him up to this yeah of course no, i did not are i'll show sure? you i'll show you the messages are we sure that he's not rvp comment it was unsolicited the people have been waiting ages for sports and pop culture in one podcast that would stand the test of time. It's arrived thanks to these two juggernaut lead anchors. <laughs> Enshrine Pete Rose, stop Pete Davidson, and long live the program. Oh, oh. man. I just... Sackick Forsberg. I, I, you know, I'm more of an Iserman Fedorov guy, but yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm more of like a Messier Gretzky yeah. uh, guy, but I get it. I know what he's. I know what as he's long as I live, about. Pete Rose is not going to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> not happening. All right, let's get into serious business for a minute. There is a New York Post story out yesterday uh, entitled Hunter Biden Grand Jury Witness was asked who the big guy is in the Chinese deal. Um, you'll recall we've been talking about this for a long time. Um, but he, let me just give you a couple of little graphs here. A witness who testified before the Hunter Biden grand jury was asked to identify the big guy, quote unquote, in the Sun's first planned deal with the Chinese energy conglomerate. Uh, as calls ramped up to have President Biden included in the conspiracy probe. Um, fellas. So President Biden is involved. This isn't just a Hunter Biden laptop thing. It's deeper. 
So this is one of the things that we've been speculating about is that it was one thing when the media gatekeepers were the only ones responsible for attempting to uncover the connection between Hunter Biden's business dealings and the now president of the United States. They clearly weren't going to do the job. There was no interest in it. You remember Tony Bobulinski, who was the business partner in all this, who was directly alleging for anybody who would listen that there was an immediate tie here. In fact, that he alleged that he met with Joe Biden and he did all the cable shows. He did everything. And like literally nobody wrote it down. Right. They all just kind of made fun of it was it was a crime. Yeah, it was really a crime. It was really a crime. But the problem that President Biden has here is that Hunter Biden has legal trouble. And when Hunter Biden has legal trouble, there's a whole discovery phase that comes into that. There's a whole bunch of stuff that gets presented to a grand jury, including a bunch of conversation about whether or not Joe Biden was involved in any of this. Sounds to me like he's got a problem. I mean, this is an incredible story. This is an incredible story, not only of like how the media has been complicit in trying to hide this, how they were basically just like aiding and betting Dems trying to just take that election down, pull the wool over Americans' eyes. And the more information trickles out, it's just like, this is not good. Like, like, like the guy had the keys to the office. Joe Biden had a set of yeah. keys to the office. I mean, big guy was getting his 10%. The big guy got something. So, so the big guy thing comes from a note uh, from March 13, 2017, uh, where there was a quote that said, 10 held by H Hunter for the big guy. It's Joe just, Biden. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. And everybody sort of inferred that. Bobulinski outright told everybody that's what that meant. And yet no reporting on it whatsoever. But remember what Biden said during a debate uh, with Trump. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about uh, what are you talking about? China. Oh, what are you talking about? Oh, this uh, thing, uh, China. Uh, uh, I had no idea. I've never heard of China. Of course, um, you know, I'm going to need a set of keys <laughs> for this joint venture my son has with a Chinese businessman. But I have no idea about any of that. And didn't it come What up, a fucking liar. What, I mean, it's just it's a flat out lie. Yeah. Right. But didn't it also come out yesterday that that Hunter wrote a or somebody wrote a letter of recommendation for the Chinese businessman's son? Right. Hunter had his father, Joe Biden. Joe Biden wrote the Joe Biden wrote a letter of recommendation for the son of this Chinese uh, national who was in business with Hunter. And that was no same. He had no idea about these foreign deals in China, even though Hunter Biden went on Air Force Two with Joe to China and then organized a meeting between his father, Joe Biden, and this Chinese national. He had no idea. The guy's a complete fucking liar. I I cannot wait for this discovery phase in this grand jury. I think think what we'll learn is that this is a story most principally about father and son. Oh Oh my God. Just like me. I can't believe you just pulled that out. Just like me. (laughs) The cats and the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. 
When you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when. We'll get together then. Oh. That goes so hard. Wow. I did not see that coming. I did not see that coming. The cat in the cradle. You yeah. know what I would love to see is 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 like one of those uh, TV miniseries like they'd have like on the Kennedys. They they had a bunch of them about uh, where you know yeah. they show the history of that family. The Biden family history is nuts. Oh man, there's like so much like psychological drama going on there. Like the <laughs> dynamic of why Hunter. I have a, a, a theory of why Hunter is why Hunter is how he is. Good man. Let's, it, uh, can we just get like a thumbnail? I mean. How, how tough would it be to be Hunter Biden and then your older brother and your father basically every day puts in your face like, damn, you know, I, have one I wish it had been you, yeah. not my good son. I mean, it's... It, it, that's got to be tough. No, that's right. That's got to be tough. The dynamic is rough. And so he was probably... You know what? Like, I can see a little bit of sympathy for Hunter in the sense that he was probably like, hey, I'll make dad proud. I'll get him some of this Chinese money. And it still wasn't enough. Well, so he went back not. to the rock, you know? It's certainly not. <laughs> Well, and he took over his 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 brother's wife. So, oh my God. you know, there's that. <laughs> so you can add that Ooh, to the dynamics. That is so rough. I mean, that's so rough. I'm not making you know. I mean, it's the, not made up. That is a here's statement the of fact. Thing, like you can't. I, it sounds, this is not parody. It's not. We are laughing, but this is not parody. It's not parody. You can't say like all of this stuff is beyond fiction. The good son's like in heaven. He's like, I wonder what my family's up to right now. And he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Hunter, no. <laughs> I mean, I just don't understand it, right? I mean, it's just it's all such a bizarre set of circumstances. But really, the biggest problem that they all face at this point is the fact that he has this investigation, federal investigation, and now grand jury into tax fraud that ultimately he can't control. It's not like the media where they can bully them out of getting to the bottom of this stuff. They're going to get to the bottom, right. but just simply by investigating the tax fraud because the money flow is central to the discussion about whether this guy should go to jail or not, right? So the money flow ultimately is going to determine definitively whether or not Joe Biden was in fact in business with Hunter Biden. And it sure sounds, at least like from the leaked grand jury discussion, there's an awful lot of speculation that it is in fact the case. Well, there's so much, so much more coverage about it right now than there ever was in 2020, and it just begs the question: uh, Do Democrats actually want Biden on the ticket for 24? I think the answer to that is no. Well, I think they know that. Right? Well, and if he has to sit in a deposition under oath and admit that he actually knew stuff that he previously claimed he did, had no knowledge of, he's going to be a fucking liar, which he is. So, it, But it's it, it's amazing how much of a lie. There's this tendency to treat Biden with kid gloves because he's just not sort of all there and he's folksy and, you know, it's like, oh, he doesn't, the old man doesn't know of all this stuff. But, but what he said in that audio that we played is definitively false. Mm -hmm. Yes definitively which, which one my boy is just like me no. <laughs> <laughs> which audio we've had a lot to choose from haven't we uh, and, and 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 we have definitive proof remember after he'd made all those idiot remarks that almost like start world war three and then uh uh Ducey from fox asks him like <laughs> what did you mean by these instances where you're like we're gonna send you troops into ukraine and and we're gonna reply in kind if, if putin uses chemical weapons but i was like i didn't say that yeah, yeah didn't he's just straight up, straight up says, I didn't say that. There's 50 journalists in that room, and there wasn't a single article written about how, like, we're going to start keeping account of Joe Biden's lies. 
It, it, yeah, it's outrageous. It, now it is it is possible that Joe Biden could pass a lie detector test on all this stuff because he doesn't have any memory. <laughs> that's what I'm saying of all of this. Oh, I'm man. starting to wonder now if that is legit or if that's how he's like getting ready for his defense. Well, yeah, we'll find out when he's deposed. If he says, I'm, if his lawyers argue he's not mentally capable of standing trial. So you're, <laughs> wait, wait, oh, you know, that's the thing. It'll be, it'll be like those like big mob cases, you know, where they'd have like the the mob kingpin rolls up hooked up to like an oxygen machine. He's like, like, oh, this guy's gonna die in jail. Yeah. You know? So the head of the Biden family. Biden crime family is going to roll up. We can finally we're admit, wheel him in and be like, come on, look we, at this guy. We so, can finally admit that Joe Biden can't draw a clock. <laughs> <laughs> can can he be deposed as president of the United States on this case? I think he can. Yeah, because it's not he's not actually being prosecuted. Right. It, it's that. And there's, look, you know, this we, should, happened before. we should get a guest who'd know about this next week. And I'm going to ask them about this. Yeah, okay. I think we can find someone who'd, who'd, who'd know this. Yeah, yeah. We, know, we know plenty. Well, because, you know, Clinton was deposed, but that was a civil case with Paula Jones. And that is where he got into trouble with the Monica Lewinsky stuff. Right. But that's sort of different than this. Well, the, so so correct me if I'm wrong. And we do have a, a lawyer who uh, studiously studies what it is that we say here uh, to determine whether or not we should, in fact, be canceled. Uh, but but I think it is the case that you can't prosecute a sitting president. Correct. But there is nothing preventing compelling testimony from a president in a criminal case against someone else. Yeah, that's correct. I so mean, that, anyway, that would be explosive. It would be. It would. Now, I'm sure that they would throw up every roadblock you could possibly throw up and that the proceedings of that would take probably years to unfold. And it'd be taxpayers paying for that, I'm guessing, right? Yeah. Well, at some level. I mean, it's just, it, look, this is this is going to get ugly. Mayor Pete's not going to stand in the way. <laughs> it's going to be, I mean, that's Eric the thing. Adams isn't going to stand in the way. Hillary Clinton is not going to yeah. stand I in the way. I mean, I think they're already not standing in the way. There's no reason for the Washington Post and these other mainstream corporate media to outlets like to turn like this as fast as they have unless someone's given them the green light. They got yep. their That's, this is a conspiracy. I they don't got know. Told to, they got told to push the button, so they push the button. Yeah, <laughs> by the Clintons. That's, what, that's, that's who does it. <laughs> oh, let's hope for his, uh, his personal safety. That's not the case. Um, all right, so the program, uh, fellas, did predict the future. Uh, and Smug, I think you're a, a, a big part of this. Uh, Twitter, in fact, did appoint Elon Musk to its board of directors. Yep. yep, just as we just as we foretold. Just as we foretold, and and the the interesting part is we speculated on this on Tuesday about what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Right. It turns out he wanted kind of what we thought he wanted. Exactly that. He wants control of this sucker, and he's going to make some changes. Um, they've already announced that his one thing about an edit button they were going to do. Which I mean, I kind of don't care one way or another, but but it's like a funny little like thing that bothered Elon Musk, and now Twitter is snapping to it. So I think you can probably foreshadow there's a whole bunch of changes that's happening on that platform. Yeah, um, it, it, it's we said that it was very clear this was like an activist type of move. Um, we predicted you know he'd probably be joining the board and would have some say, and like 24 hours later. Here I'm not is. saying he, he heard and he was like, you know what? That's a good idea, guys. But like uh, what I do love the most with this situation is now you've got like journalists, 
and other dem operatives. Oh, very concerned. Who are like, yeah. I'm I'm just terrified for free speech. No, yeah, yeah. Well, so so and we joked about this on the Tuesday episode, if you recall. We were like, um, you know, Twitter is a private company and their terms and service determine the users and what they can say and whatever. But the second that Elon Musk completed this this uh, purchase, they would be concerned. Now about it's Twitter. now it's it's terrible. And we actually had a uh a, the worst offender here was the Washington Post, which put up uh, this analysis. I always, and we've said this a lot, love a good analysis piece, <laughs> where where it's the opinion of the author that sort of laundered through a paper to make it seem like it's journalism, exactly. which of course it's not. But the headline here, and this is from Timothy O'Brien from Bloomberg, who is, I, I guess she's now also contributing to the Washington Post. Headline is, Elon Musk's Twitter investment could be bad news for free speech. Unbelievable. <laughs> but think about the hoops that you mentally need yes. to do gymnast tricks through to, to get to a free speech concern. Dude, uh, the, the article goes on to, to say, and they make this assertion, which is incredible, that says Musk is uh, aggressively trying to curtail the free speech of some of his critics. That's a quote. Uh, the evidence of which is that he trolls people on Twitter. Yeah. Which is like, that's interesting. I I thought that was free speech. I thought that was, <laughs> I was operating under the impression that speech was speech. Right. <laughs> is it not? There was this... Um, it's only free if it's liberal. That's right. There was this incredible line. Uh, Mike Salon, a friend of the program, put out... Uh, he, he runs a great Substack. Everyone should check it out. Mike Salon is... Uh, this line really got me he said the real reason members of the censorship class are angry is they are currently empowered by the most dominant speech platforms in history to amplify their own narrow voices and to silence their political enemies this tremendous wildly dangerous privilege is now perceived as threatened by the introduction of musk to twitter's board that is 100 percent too and that perfectly dovetails what we've said about their attack on social media is only about the market share of these voices in corporate media mm -hmm. and wanting that to be amplified over the content of others. It has nothing to do with any principle. None. No, no I mean, these are the most unprincipled people. It's no, about it's, privilege. It, it's 100%. It, it's 100%. It's not, it's in fact, the opposite of principle. Right. I mean, we're talking about people who literally will go to the ends of the earth to eliminate access to a diverse set of opinions. Right. That's what they're point of view is. And right. my take on Dems has been you know, they don't care about hypocrisy or being called out for hypocrisy. They revel in it and because they want to put everyone's nose in that we can yes. do this to you. Yes. Submit. Mm -hmm. Right. Can right. you imagine for a second if there was a conservative who had a platform that was sort of dominant in terms of dissemination of information and they just sort of decided, you know, frivolously one day to just start limiting progressive voices? You'd be, I mean... They they would show up to their office and burn it to the ground. They would, and, and, and we'd be told that's justice. I mean, it, it, you're, no, you're exactly right. That's what would happen. That's what would happen. Like just try. I, every time I think about one of these, I try to put the other shoe on and try to figure out what it was, what it would be like if conservatives did what liberals were doing, and it really illuminates things for you. Yeah, like if Donald Trump bought Facebook tomorrow and reinstated his account. And said that socialism is inherently a violent ideology, and anybody who discusses it on this platform will be banned. Right? Like, can you imagine? No, they would. What, they what would, the outrage? This sounds would be? awesome. They would take. <laughs> they would lit, but the Biden administration would literally shut down the servers. Yes. Yeah. Take over the company. Yep. Right. And yep. put the assets in their own pockets. They hundred percent would. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, it's unbelievable. 
All right, so we promised that we were going to get into the brackets. And um, look, hack madness is a thing. It is a, it is a big, beautiful thing. And Smug, the third year of it, to me, has set up one of the most amazing dynastic matchups that you will ever see. Yeah. I mean, it's come down to this. I mean, there were so many incredible matchups. So, I mean, there were 65 hacks in this tournament. And, I mean, we've had something like a million votes cast, an insane number of votes. Um, and voting now is underway for the championship matchup. Folks, it's Brian Stelter versus Jen Rubin. I mean, so it's just a clash of the titans. So in year one, the potato wins. Yeah, Stelter won year one. Year two, Rubin wins. Yeah, so this is the rubber match. This is the rubber match. It's for all the marbles. All the potatoes. All the potatoes. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's as big as it gets. The two biggest hacks of the last three years have showed up for this one final match. Well, and I think it, you know, interesting context. Um, I saw that statement that came out of uh, Discovery, mm-hmm. um, you know, about... Oh, C- yeah, this is the John Malone situation. Right. Basically saying Stelter is a cancer on the news division. So this is a guy who's the largest shareholder in Discovery, mm-hmm. right? At a at a board meeting. And also, uh, for background, John Malone, the guy is incredibly respected. The guy's an actual yeah, he's genius a- when it comes to finance and media. I mean, he... He knows his stuff. Yeah, this is a guy. This is a guy who's who's incredibly well respected. Smug just said, but he's the largest shareholder in the company that has bought CNN. Right. So for him to say that Stelter is a cancer, right, probably means that that Stelter is not long well, for this platform. I guess what I'm saying is, if he loses this final against Ruben, that could be the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> I think he's sort of the Shashevsky. Of the liberal hack tournament this year. I mean, it's basically his retirement party. It's I mean, that's one shining, wild. one shining moment. <laughs> that would be something. So, like, I remember as soon as that CNN Plus—that's that's their CNN Plus is the name they sell them, right? The streaming. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, as soon as they announced as, it was as, launching, as, as, like, as, within 24 hours, reports came out that like we will begin layoffs. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, dude, just think about how funny it is that grand they called opening, it grand closing. That, yeah. That they called it CNN Plus. Like that people who watch CNN or people who know the brand of CNN are like, yes, I need plus. I need more of this. And I saw, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I very quickly saw these like promoted tweets about CNN Plus where they're like once in a lifetime, <laughs> like you give them like $10 and they'll give you a subscription for life or something. And it's like, that cannot be going well. <laughs> what do I pay to not all? have yeah, that? Yeah, like, I mean, wow. Who's the guy from Kentucky? The 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 basketball guy? Who appeared in all the Amy McGrath ads? Rex Chapman. Rex Chapman. Chapman. Yeah. He is no, a contributor guy. on CNN Plus, no, which I'm is so amazing to me. This is a guy who played basketball back in the '80s, and he was a pretty good basketball player. He had a bunch of personal problems, which you know, look, it's it's his story. And but then he gets super into politics and reinvents himself. You know, I think having a bunch of personal problems is, uh, yeah, that's one thing. But then he's now reinvented himself as someone who attacks folks for their personal problems. That's that's so, his job. So that's exactly right. So if, if, if you know, those who live in, in glass houses shouldn't throw crack rocks because this guy was <laughs> smoking crack rocks, breaking into those glass apple stores and stealing their shit. And like, okay, if, if you're dealing with addiction, that's one thing. And now all he does basically is try to dunk on people's personal lives, try to get people ruined. That, it's the Dem game plan in a nutshell. 
He yep. just wants to ruin other people's lives for, for internet clout. I also think back to the previous conversation that we had about what happens if a conservative does what a liberal does. So, so Chapman showed up. Basically, he reinvented himself by repurposing people's content on Twitter. Yep, right. right. That's all he, he did. would take whatever viral video somebody else made, and he would download it and repurpose it into his own tweet. Yeah, and it became sort of like this this viral thing where you follow Rex Chapman, and he's got like the best of the internet on there. Well, right? yeah, yeah, and 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 as the internet guy and a person who knows a misuse of the internet, it's one of those unwritten rules of mm-hmm. Twitter. That if you repurpose someone's content, you're supposed to give them credit. Yes. Like there's a retweet button for a reason. Right. You right, don't need right, to just steal right. their shit. You cer- right. <laughs> you, you certainly don't like take their video and then be like, take five seconds out of your day to watch this. You yeah. know what I mean? And pretend yeah. like you're the one who found it. An- another word for that is uh, plagiarism. <laughs> That's right. But so but, CNN was like hired. Hired. <laughs> yeah, as a consequence, he builds this entirely huge account. Yeah. That the then goes off the left hand side, literally the most furthest left psycho progressive points of view of all time and attacks Republicans relentlessly using this same platform. So fast forward. He gets through the 2020 election. He's hired by CNN. CNN Plus. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's also hired to do the the March Madness. March Madness shit by CBS. Imagine for one minute, just one minute, any concern, you can place it in your head, the person that you think fits this, this mold on the conservative side. Think of them being hired to sit next to Clark Kellogg. Yeah. At the desk right. on CBS and do March Madness breakdown. Also, on his first day, didn't he like say start eulogizing saying like you know rest in peace to this coach and the coach is still alive yeah no he, yeah <laughs> they're like bro yeah. you're back on the rocks yeah. man take five well you know now that he's on, now now that he's on cnn plus maybe he'll maybe he'll be lucky enough to find himself in the tournament next season honestly like i am i'm i'm so happy that john malone is going to be calling the shots over there like uh, they're gonna oh, have you change. Th- oh you think you think malone's gonna can him M- malone is gonna shit can a lot of people like he is he's an actual successful businessman he is he's on like five different monster company boards um he's like the largest private landowner in the united states he's got more land than ted turner really look yeah. if, if he's got that... more land than ted turner the guy makes money i mean he, he donated like a, a quarter mil to trump's inauguration does he guy picks winners does he perhaps have any land in which we could go hella hogging dude oh that's we oh. should absolutely Hit him up. <laughs> That's a good question. We should talk to Mr. Malone. Malone's folks if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Well, look if he if he is if he is on a rampage, as you say, this may be this may be Stelter's last yeah, chance I mean, to win a tournament. There have been a lot of rumblings. Like I I know a few folks who work in the TMT space, and 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 you know they they hear from Malone's folks. He's been very displeased with the situation at CNN, and and I mean he's a numbers guy. The numbers at CNN are ugly. And he attributes what I've been told a lot of that into them turning into just like a, a completely partisan mouthpiece for the Democrat Party. Well, in many uh, ways, we appreciate that because the Ruthless Variety program consistently outpaces prime time. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, more listeners than they got viewers on CNN it's prime what a, time. It's one of the Malone, greatest. If you want a great investment, <laughs> I guess. I, I get. I guess. I guess before uh, we tell people when and where they should vote in the championship, we really should recognize the the scribe of this whole tournament, Joey Brackus, with one more setup. 
uh, for this. He, he said that this may go down as the most dramatic championship in the history of the Liberal Hack Tournament. And, um, you know, I encourage I encourage everybody to go check out his reporting. But, Smug, you want to tell people when and where they can vote? Absolutely. So, number one, you can go the Ruthless Podcast account on Twitter. Um, we'll have definitely retweeted it. You can go to my account, uh, Comfortably Smug, on Twitter. I pin it always, the one that's up for voting. Again, it's the, it's the championship round. And I also want when to— When does it go live? It's, it's Voting has—will uh, be underway when you hear this. Okay. Voting will conclude around 3.30-ish— on Thursday, 3:30 p.m. Oh, so you got to get in when you, you listen you, to this. Yeah. Get on as it. soon as you hear this. You got to you got to get on there. You got to vote. It's Stelter versus Ruben, um, and I also want to give a shout out to Third String Lassie on Twitter, who's done a great job making all these graphics. And oh, word, yeah. the, you know, word is he's he's working on a one shining moment video. So, oh, oh wow. <laughs> well, and and hats off to Horse Sense. Yeah, yeah. Horse Sense, Beth, everybody for putting it all together. They really put together an incredible website that allowed people to go in and pick their own. Yeah, there were like twelve hundred brackets. brackets submitted through that website. And I think we have our own reward f- uh, for people uh, for somebody who wins merch. Oh, you're kidding? Yeah, yeah, merch. Yeah, we've got merch for the for the champion. We of their choice, of their choice. Yeah, I mean we're a benevolent program. Yeah. Would you, what else would we, you we expect? Love, we love our listeners. We do. Um, anyway, big deal for the program. Big deal for everybody. Get involved. Uh, Smugglesworth, uh, a topic near and dear to your heart. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is pretty terrible news. So the Biden administration has yet again extended this like, uh, student loan, like, uh, moratorium, moratorium, um, so far. So, so essentially, you know, a couple important facts, something like, uh, only, only, uh, 10% 10% of student loan payments are coming from the bottom 60% of incomes in the yeah. United States. Yeah, these are rich, spoiled this kids. Is rich, spoiled college kids who are, who are getting a free ride on the taxpayer dime. Like, it's not just like, you know, the United States government is having to foot the bill yeah. because these kids are not. And so far, it's cost Americans over $100 billion. But also, this sociologically, this makes sense. It's not just like if you throw that stat at you, it, it'll surprise the hell out of you. But if you think about it from a sociological standpoint, the poorer kids in our communities, when they graduate high school, they got to work, man. Yep. Like, they got to figure out how to make their not only their lives, but their families' lives. I mean, it's it's tough. This administration is not focused on them no, post-pandemic. No, and, and, and when they are saying, oh, yes, you know, Americans have returned to work. We've got incredible job numbers. You can take your masks off for the State of the Union. But but people, these 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 pampered coastal liberal right. elites who've kids, been living on fucking Zoom while the kid who had to go to trade school they don't need to and pay get an apprenticeship and earn a fucking living living these last two years. They didn't give a shit about that. Not at all. At all. Not at all. And those kids are gonna have to foot the bill for these Ivy League and liberal arts basket weave underwater basket weaving degrees, these kids who can't find a job and can't pay off their loans. That's the biggest outrage is this is basically telling this not even basically, this is straight up telling working class Americans, you are gonna foot the bill right. for these rich kids who don't want to pay their college bills. Yeah. But That's it, how it works. Isn't it perfectly like liberal? It is. To it, assume to assume to, to create a program that assumes that the lives of impoverished people are exactly the same as their lives, just without money. Yeah, they're like, hey, right? everyone, isn't it just perfect? Yeah, yeah. They're like, everyone at my uh, book and wine club is concerned about having to pay for their child's, you know, Ivy League student right. loan. Oh my goodness, what can you do about this, Elizabeth Warren? 
And she's like, have I got the plan for you? Oh, I've got a great idea. We'll this is how we it. will help, you know, Beacon Hill families in Boston. Oh, we- <laughs> <laughs> The working poor of Beacon Hill. We're all like, in this together. Yeah. And that's, a, I mean, it's just, it's the biggest outrage right now. It needs to get more, more attention because Americans have so far, working class Americans, we've paid $100 billion, $100 billion so far. For these kids to be told, oh, you know, don't pay just it. hang out. Don't yeah. worry about it. Don't worry about it. And this extension just now is going to cost another 10 to 15 billion. If anything, this is just a totally cynical political maneuver to be like, hey, college kids, we need to make sure you're engaged in the midterms. You want to keep the gravy train rolling. You better get out and vote for Dems. Right. So 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 like, you know, Amazing. the working class kids who get an apprenticeship or go right into the workforce or trade school and whatnot who are paying taxes. That tax money is going to go and it's going to fund a student loan freeze for the wealthiest kids who can't find a fucking job. And not just that, not just that. It also insulates the incredible increase in tuition costs. Yeah. It, 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 it brings no scrutiny to the fact that higher education is on an increasing cost path curve, of yeah. cost curve than anything else in America. Right. Right. It, it brings no scrutiny to our higher education system at all. Mm-hmm. It basically means that they will forever be insulated from that because the government's going to pick up the tab. Nobody has to ask any questions. It works an awful lot like they've built health care, to and, be honest and, with and you. The, I mean, the, the, that's the thing. Is like this, is, this is them paying off their activists on both sides. You know, They want to make sure yeah. that the college students are, are active to vote Dem. And the money ends up, you know, uh, either way, it's going to go to the Dem activists who run the college campus. Indoctrinating kids. You're saying the professors who get paid by these higher tuition bills, they're donating and voting for Democrats? Isn't that something? As it turns out. That they've turned universities into basically just like. Donating to Democrats. Um, also indoctrinating the minds. Surely, that's right. it. Well, like where where do you think CRT came from? St- guys, st- surely the the art history degrees they're conferring on these graduates help them get jobs. Oh right? yeah, hundred oh, percent. <laughs> and, and here's the kicker: so they they extended this moratorium until August thirty first, so they can make it an issue. Oh boy. Mm. Oh boy. I mean, they, they, it's they think so, it's going to get the kids to the polls. Exa- it's yeah. so cynical. It's, it's so cynical. It's disgusting that they're making working class Americans foot the bill for this. It's an outrage. Well, I got a, I got uh, bad news for them. Uh, the red wave is coming. Yes. Um, God willing. The red wave is coming. And, and there was an interesting, very off the radar election that was held uh, Tuesday night, I believe, in Wisconsin. Uh, and a huge win for parents. Um, conservative candidates won all three city of Waukesha school board seats, knocking off two liberal incumbents. This is a uh, Dan O'Donnell show uh, talked about in Wisconsin. I, I, I'll be honest. This is you see this happening everywhere right now. These school boards, it's a bloodbath for progressives. They are meeting parents who are like, mm, nope, now we understand what you all are up to. And shit's going to change in a hurry. The only upside to like remote teaching was parents were shown what exactly schools have become. Yep. Which is just like progressive indoctrination camps. It's it's insane what they're teaching kids at any level, but like especially elementary, what the curriculum has become for elementary kids. Yeah. It's 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 sickening. It's unreal. Totally sickening. Uh, local newspaper reports that they are. I mean, look, these things weren't even close, really. And, and I was looking through some of the returns in a lot of these places. Um, 
uh, Samantha Kirkman becomes the first ever Republican Kenosha County executive. First ever. Incredible. First ever. Like, guys, this is happening, right? It's happening in a really big way. No matter what these idiots in the White House would have the mainstream media believe, people are getting out. The evidence is everywhere. Well, I mean, it is a huge mistake to piss off parents. Obviously. Oh, mass. Obviously. I remember in the Virginia election, um, you know, I live in Virginia, and um, they closed school on election day. Um, you know, gave, you know, kids the day off, which you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, it's election day. That makes it harder for parents to go out and vote. Yeah. But it, it I lets mean, them my, have all the teachers, you right, teachers out right, working the my, polls. Working the polls. You know, my, my conspiracy theory is that's the exact reason why they did it. Yep. But when I saw that was going to happen, man, I was even more pumped to vote early. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> totally. It's like it's like I was going to I was going to take my go go and vote and then, you know, I'll come home and then Katie can go and she can vote, you know, <laughs> totally. You know, there's this guy that writes for The Washington Post named Dave Weigel. I think some of you guys know him. And he's in the tournament this year. He, I think. Is, he is in the tournament and um, he has made uh, a career out of um, mentioning Waukesha here and there. Uh throughout uh, the last couple of cycles. I'd be interested to see if his trailer newsletter uh, leads with this indicator from Waukesha. (laughs) (laughs) Seems like it might have gone in a different direction for him. Uh, Uh, But but look, the the red wave is everywhere. The Morning Consult came out with a poll that congressional Democrats um, had a a 12-point generic lead over the GOP in December uh, among recipients of expanded child tax credit. That's that has gone completely away. And congressional Republicans now have the advantage amongst this group. Oh, no. They they had 12 points and it's just vaporized now. Vaporized. I mean, think about this. That is that was what they based their entire 2021 sale point on was the child tax credit. And they built a 12 point lead on just fake news, by the way. And it is evaporated. It's gone. It's gone back the other way. I'm increasingly convinced that these guys have screwed this country up so badly and it's so evident to everyone. There's nothing that these idiots are going to be able to do to change people's mind. There's no sales pitch, right? Because the Mm -hmm. evidence is right in front of our face. It's at the gas pump. It's like it's with your kids in school. You know, if if you've seen what has happened to your child over these last two years, you want to punish someone for what they did. Yep. It's just not going to go away. No. And, and 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 they're trying to use, you know, their power of government to essentially campaign like they're going to have hearings where they're calling up these like oil executives being like, "Why are gas prices going up?" And number 1, that's insane because it's 100% the policies. Right. Like when you shut down Keystone XL day 1, when you, you when you basically do everything you right. can to kill American energy industry, and and they're stepping on their own message. I thought it was Putin who was causing this. Right, yeah. yeah. Right. Congress called yeah, Putin now to testify. O- now it's the know? oil companies. Now it's the oil companies. They did you know? Remember Big Meat? Oh, Same yeah, thing. Big yeah. Meat. It was actually Meat's fault. Yeah, the Meats. <laughs> the Big Meats. Like, they're dealing Speaking with... Speaking of Big Meats, we got a story on that later in the program. <laughs> Honestly, we should just roll with it. (laughs) You want to get into it? Yeah. Paul Holmes is very excited for this story. Well, it combines a bunch of things, right? And first thing, parental advisory. Uh, 
Get your kids away. Warning. You know, warning. The, I always say I try to make this a family-friendly program. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're <laughs> such a sensitive these, individual. These folks find some story that they're like, hey, you know, and I say, hey, will somebody please think of the children? I think of the children. So, you know, parents, tuck your kids into bed. The one guy without kids. Put on the headphones. Yeah. Is sitting here giving it's us really, a lecture. This is the guy who's, who, who is constantly chastising parents for their children's behavior on airplanes. <laughs> well, I mean, thinking, we're about to get into it. Get into it. Children. You fused all of the topics there, Michael. I did. That's it. a, well, it's very, a good segue. It's a very nice. Uh, this is about a, a jerk on Southwest. Oh, my God. Oh, you said the normally, title. Normally, you'd think that's not like uh, out of the norm, right? But maybe. <laughs> no. So the story from the New York Post is the Southwest passenger allegedly masturbated in front of a woman four times. That's what you're all... <laughs> the soundboard's getting a lot of work today. Oh, my God. I have a lot of questions about this, right? At first, it's a Southwest uh, Airlines passenger, and he allegedly masturbated. I mean, him. I'm not surprised at all that this <laughs> happened on Southwest. Like, I think- everything I thought about that, was that place was true. It's basically hell in the sky. It's steerage. You know, it's, it's, a, it's the zoo. You know, you, you punch that ticket to Southwest. It's like, I don't care about myself. I'm ready to witness the horrors that are possible, unimaginable. So at 30,000 feet. You know how you line up. It's the A group, the B group, and the C group. Yeah. I don't know. They don't board by, by like class or anything, right? It's just like the doors are open, and it's like run-on animals. Like, they <laughs> go for it. They basically have three lines, and I just and – and usually – But they, they have no, like, class at all. I mean, what, not, a, not in general, but I mean, like – What do you mean class? Wait, is every, this the Titanic? You want people down in steerage? <laughs> the whole plane is steerage. <laughs> And the whole it's plane like, is steering. It's like Smug just transforms into Billy Zane from Titanic. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's basically like a cargo ship with a few chairs in there. You know, they got some hay on the it's ground. Gonna, they got a guy jerking off. It's gonna be- <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's like, Welcome to Southwest. You know, that's a friendly skies. That's not. That wasn't my idea of the friendly skies at all. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, the D group sits next to that guy. <laughs> Right. <laughs> wow. That's, wow. That's the D group. Well, so here, here's the here's where the questions begin, right? As I said, uh, four separate occasions. Um, the flight was from Seattle to Phoenix. Uh, I looked that up. That's a two hour and fifty minute adventure. Ah, that seems like wait an two hours and the guy four times, four times, right? So she, uh, I mean, look, if you, I don't want to go too far into this, but the guy, she basically sits down, they take off, the guy takes his pants off, right? Which is just like a horror film for, for most people, right? But I suppose if you're flying Southwest, <laughs> normally it's like, you're waiting for like the seatbelt signal to go off. The guy just went with his belt, like right <laughs> on the back. <laughs> Ready to go to work. <laughs> what? Why wasn't? Why was? I mean, it's a two-hour flight, why, why, and the why, guy was like, <laughs> "Why wasn't the stewardess notified on round one?" Well, that's what my question is, right? So the guy claims in the complaint that she was like, uh, I don't know, in some ways giving him a, a, a reason that that she he thought he should continue. He apparently asked Louis C.K. style whether it was that okay. is so insane. If, Wait, what if, was it? What was the reply there? I, I it, it sounded to me. I don't. I don't want to misquote this, uh, but it sounded oh, to me. Oh God! I, I'm reading the notes. We cannot go through this. No, no, no. We're not going to go through all of it. We're not going to go through all. We're not going to go through all of it. We're not going to go through all of it. 
the point is is that she uh this guy's sick mind interpreted her and em- sort i'm sure she was sitting there she was horror. just exasperated she was like she was in th- shock. Kind of threw her hands up, like, uh, uh, right. I, I, I can't remember the exact quote from the complaint. But it was something like the throw the hands up. Like, was a what part are you gonna do? Like, you know? yeah, exactly. I mean, there's got to be some protocol to throw someone from the plane. Like, you read the details of this; it's like the most egregious, out of control situation you again, can imagine again, on a plane. Four times in two hours. This is so- <laughs> this is a, this is a form of terrorism. <laughs> but wait, so she started filming him. Yeah. And taking oh, pictures of him while he's doing this. Yeah. yeah right? So, so she, Which so he she, thought was like kind of a signal that she was like, okay, with it. And so what he told the cops in the police report, right? Obviously not the case because uh, after he had um, suspended his activity uh, mm. for one reason or another, uh, he fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so he had time to... To Four times, and he got a nap. And, oh. <laughs> and a nap. And a nap. So, but when he fell asleep, uh, she got up and notified the the flight attendants, who moved her to a different seat, and then they promptly got law enforcement involved uh, when they landed. So, uh, again, if there was a, there was an open seat, why not get up and take it? I, I, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. Like, there's a lot. That's what I mean by this story is you the really, craziest honestly, story. Honestly, you'd be in, in the right to just, like, shout to the plane what's going on, say who wants to just, like, kick this guy's ass, you know? Roll up, 2B, <laughs> you know, he's he's at the window. Get him, folks. You know, Let's roll. Open season. Let's roll. And right? let's be, let's be, let's roll. <laughs> let's Jesus. roll. Unbelievable. Jeez, I don't even <laughs> Jeez. So here's the we thing: is, we basically no. hit a new low on the program. I mean, this really is, and thank God we're not going to go into the details. I mean, you know, God bless the New York Post; they must have fucking loved getting the details from the complaint because the details are just like horrific. They're absolutely horrific. horrific. Four times, like if you want to go for a record, what was what was what was the number Ash book that Wade Boggs? How many drinks did he have? On a fl- he like killed the whole case. I think, case, I think, I think, I think it was like thirty-seven. Yeah, he put yeah. thirty. And it how long was, was, was it? It was a cross. Yeah, it's trans cross country. Yeah. Okay, I mean, and so a little bit of time on the tarmac. Yeah, as yeah. I, as I told you, Ashbrook, when we were flying, my record transatlantic. No, we're down talking 24. about drinking beers yeah, here yeah. or something, it's, right? It's, I mean, we're not. Yeah, let's not make very clear that we're talking about something other than very different. So Wade Boggs drank thirty-seven beers on a cross-country flight, which is just like. Incredible. Incredible. That's peak male performance. I put down 24 from uh, 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 Paris to JFK, transatlantic, and I was housed. I mean, I was housed out of my mind. And this guy went 50% more just cross country. I mean, that's what you should be shooting for, folks. And then I think this guy was shooting for something. Yeah, that guy. That girl was within her right to to try to top Wade box. I mean, seriously, I mean, the poor girl. Dude, well, it's I, Southwest. They don't even. They, they, right, hopefully, they don't serve drinks. They don't serve drinks on Southwest. That's no, like, it's see, back see, in that'd action. be like taunting the animals. But see, you know? here's oh, they, there's no drinks on Southwest. <laughs> no, no, it's back. It's back. They well, really are you serious? Yeah. Well, here you go. That's smug. Smug. Here you go. Smug. The smug. You ima- can you imagine? I mean, what happens? You you, you know what I mean? You you can't let the smug. animals go ham. Smug, you've identified a key problem here, right? Because if this was like American, you know, you could you. How they would compensate this woman is maybe they'd give her like concierge key, yeah, right? Yeah. If it was Delta, they would give you the triple diamond whatever level, yeah. and they'd say, you know, uh, you know, you get a flight pass. Fly with us, fly forever. with us forever. Yeah. What do they do on Southwest? Oh, oh, you get you get the first 
first place uh, coach seat. Well, that's the thing is they only sit <laughs> where where the guy in the right. D class comes sits next to where you, you were traumatized. Th- that's the thing is they only give you peanuts. You can't give food on Southwest because you're not Jeez, supposed I to feed the animals. Unbelievable. Do not feed the animals, folks. Off the rails. <laughs> well, we've done it. <laughs> We've offended everyone. My apologies to Joe O'Day and his entire campaign staff. This is uh, this is not how I intended on uh, introducing this interview, but uh, be that as it may, please welcome Senate candidate Joe O'Day. I want to welcome to the program a guy I've been really interested to meet here. Uh, he is going to be running for Senate in the great state of Colorado, Joe O'Day. Welcome to the program. Well, fellas, thanks for having me here on the program. I'm really excited to be here with you guys. In person. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, this is great. You're this making great. your rounds, and, and the Ruthless Variety program is amongst them. Oh, top 10. <laughs> Gotta go there. We're very honored. We're very honored. Well, listen, um, this is a race that, in my view, has gotten far too little attention. Uh, Michael Bennett, the incumbent senator is a soft senator. I think that might be an understatement. <laughs> uh, you know, non-existent. Uh, and he and I couldn't be more different. Um, I'm, a, I'm a contractor. I employ 300 families. I spent the last 35 years creating opportunities for people to achieve their dreams while he's been uh, creating dependency, taxation. So we're, we're on the two opposite ends of the spectrum. He's very soft on crime soft on energy policy, inflation's out of control, and, and his party and, and, and his blue stamp has, has been to blame for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm ready to take Colorado back. I'm excited about the run. Um, just excited to be here today. Yeah, well, this is look, it is. It's, it's an exciting time. And, you know, your, your party's in the midst of figuring out who all gets on the ballot. It's a little bit of a convoluted process in Colorado. It's different than, I mean, every state's a little bit different, but this is really different. You worked your tail off for the last year, figuring out how to get petitions to get yourself on the ballot the old-fashioned way. Exactly. We turned in 23,000 signatures here about, uh, I think, the 13th or 12th of of March. (laughs) They just finished counting them. It takes them a while to count them. And we're on the ballot. We're the only uh, Senate candidate that's for sure going to be on the Republican ballot. Uh, This weekend, uh, they'll go through the assembly. There's seven other candidates that are are going to give their best speech ever and hope to uh, uh, run against me here uh, on June 28th. Well, I'd, I'd rather be in your position, uh, no question about that. And plus, it takes a lot of hard work. You can start building an organization that way, I imagine. Yeah, we built a great organization. And, you know, my wife and I, when we prayed over over this run back in March and decided to get in, we're going to run one campaign. It's directed at uh, soft senator Michael Bennett. <laughs> we're going to go after him. We're going to take his job. I'm, I'm going to give him a retirement plan here in November. <laughs> love it joe this is exactly what the minions love right it's just a tough talking old-fashioned yeah i mean you 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 sort of a, a bootstrap guy give us a little bit of your background sure well i'm a fourth generation native of colorado grew up in uh, southeast denver i was there uh, pretty much as they were paving the roads um my parents were uh, uh middle class my dad was a cop denver cop for 30 years uh, his claim to fame was restoring the uh, mounted patrol. He, he got uh, cops back on horseback in 1976. Yeah. So we grew up with horses. I, I grew up uh, basically helping aunts and uncles on ranches and uh, and then got into the construction business. I'm a carpenter by trade. 
So I've actually had a callus on my hand. I would challenge <laughs> I would challenge the other senators whether or not he's got any calluses. There is not a, a callus that has ever formed in a big toe of Michael Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, you know, I come from the world of hard knocks. Um, I, I fought my way through the construction industry, and, and we've got a, a business now that employs 300 families in Colorado. No, that's great. And, and they're great people. And uh that's why I'm running. I mean, I'm running for working Americans uh, for far too long. You know, small business, uh, middle class. You talk about single parents, retirees, those of us that play by the rules that mm-hmm. that have actually given, that contribute, produce. We've been ignored. Mm-hmm. We've been ignored here in Washington. And so I'm coming here to, to be their voice. We need to cut back on the spending. We need to cut back on the budget. We need to cut back on the debt. We need to support our cops and we need to support our military. It's a really simple platform and it's being well embraced in Colorado. They're excited to have me as a candidate and I'm excited to run. Well, so how with a guy with your background and what you're doing now, I imagine you, you've achieved your wildest dreams in terms of what you, you and your family and your ability to take care of 300 employees and all of that. Why politics, right? I mean, how how do you get to a point where you feel like now is it? Let me just start here. Did you, were you always interested in politics? No, I'm I'm not a career politician, but I've I've been interested in defending my business, right? Yeah, right. Uh, so that's I was, how a lot of people get into it. It, it is. It's a trap, right? Yeah. You, you eventually realize if I don't defend us, no one will. Right. And so um, that's what caused me to jump in. I was a past president of the Colorado Contractors Association for a couple of years, served on their legislative committee, saw all the bad stuff that goes on. Yeah, that's a great way to get involved oh, in politics man. because you yeah. see it, all the ugly stuff right up front, right? Oh, and, and they're constantly dreaming of ways to spend my money yeah. and my employees' money. Yeah. And so it just got fed up. Uh, 14 months of, of being shut down for COVID. We also own a couple event centers in the heart of Denver down uh, next to Bronco Stadium. And uh, they were closed for 14 months. And during the 14-month period, I, I tried to have a wedding for 50 people with masks on. And we couldn't do that in 20,000 square feet. I mean, go figure. It's not big enough, right? With the windows open. I, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me at all. And, that, and that's the direction our country's headed. Yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy. It really is crazy. And there's a lot of people like you that we've talked to over the last year who really had no designs on getting involved in any of this at all, but a combination of this sort of bizarre leftward lurch and COVID, COVID policies right. and and your, you know, different pieces of of American life that you don't, you know, you probably didn't have a perfect vision into before, like the education system. Right, right. right. Uh, so many of the neighbors, you know, they turn on the Zoom machine, they're watching what their kids are seeing, and they're like horrified. Yeah. I mean, right. honest to God, I, I had one of my uh, my uh, niece's kids. She uh, she was saying, "Oh my God, I, I cannot believe." I mean, this is like porno- pornographic. Yeah, you know, and 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 in a normal world, it was. Yeah. So I, I we've had a big resurgence among the uh, different school systems. Douglas County turned their board over. Mm-hmm. There's oh, a yeah. bunch in in Colorado that have have just taken back, you know, parental rights. And that's what it's about. It's about making sure parents get to see what the kids are learning. I, I'm also a firm believer in uh, letting the, the kids go where they need to go. Um, my, I, I got in a little bit of trouble when I was a kid, smart ass. And, <laughs> you don't say, Joe. Yeah, well, and my dad jerked me out of a public school <laughs> and put me in an all-boys Catholic school, right, where I got a little bit of discipline. Did you get some nun, some nun uh, rulers across the wrists? <laughs> I've still got scars on my fingers. 
uh, they're, they're a tough bunch, but you know, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. And I believe parents have the right to put their kids where their kids can be successful. Yeah. Money should follow the kids, not the buildings. School choice. How about exactly. that? Huh? Exactly. Now we've talked a lot about that in the program. I've um, heard you guys. You guys are big proponents. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. It's a big deal. And it's, it's an important deal and probably no more important time than now after you see what, uh, what the the teachers unions have in mind for us, right? <laughs> and our kids, more importantly. Yeah. Um. So, look, as you are traveling the state and getting to know people, right now, the conventional wisdom in Washington D.C., probably in the punditry, is that Colorado is a state that has moved to the left. It's turned more blue, right? They point at Cory Gardner's campaign against Hickenlooper. And say, well, if that guy can't win, I don't know how we can we can win the state of Colorado. Now, I think for starters, it's an awful lot closer than people give it credit. But secondly, there's got to be some change happening here. What's your sense as you're traveling the state? Well, it, it, it's amazing to me that the difference between you know just two years can make. Um, yeah. What what Biden has done in twelve months took Jimmy Carter four years, right? Like. <laughs> Here we go. Right. Um, there's disarray everywhere. You can't point to any policy that the Biden-Bennett administration has that that's actually competent. I mean, the border's a disaster. We got right. fentanyl coming across at record paces. Mm-hmm. You look at crime in Colorado; it's up thirty percent. We have the highest theft rate in Colorado for cars in the entire United States. Mm. Unbelievable. Then you look at our economy. You can't, some of the stuff's not on the shelves in the grocery store. And if it is, it's 35, 40% more right. than it was a year ago. Gas prices up to 450 now, 550 for diesel, right? And these are all under the operation of the Biden Bennett regime. Yeah. And they're responsible for it. So it's a different, it's a different year than it was two years ago. When I go around the state, there's a lot of really unhappy Coloradans. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to be registered Republicans. It's independents. It's some Democrats that feel like their party's abandoned them. Mm-hmm. And so those are the votes that we're going to go get in November to, to get us across the finish line. Yeah, well, it seems to me that that's the biggest thing, right? In a state like Colorado in particular, where there is a big independent voting block, it's sort of hard to ignore your own wallet, right? It's sort of hard to ignore right. what they're teaching your kids or you know, what things cost or the border situation, drug problems, all like you just said, almost everything that they've touched is turned into a disaster. Yeah. Well, I, I, I play a game with a lot of constituents I meet with around the state and say, name one thing that's going well for you right now. Yeah. And they can't. Yeah. Um, and they, they just can't. And, and so people are fired up the meetings that I've been to around the state. I was out in Washington County and we, they had, set up for a 200 person dinner and and 350 people showed up we had to stop and put more tables out that's how fired up people are wow. in colorado well that's a good thing so to see it is it is they're they're ready for change they're ready to get these guys out of there so what's the story about you and having surgery and doing a debate <laughs> like an hour later <laughs> it wasn't, what? wasn't quite a, I, I ran into some back problems i as a kid i rodeoed Oh, you rodeo. Oh, yeah. Let's I, talk about that uh, first. Did you, <laughs> Do you, like on a on a bull or uh, on a horse? On occasion. Mostly I rode barebacks. Oh, uh, man. Are you and, serious? And, so, um, and I wasn't very good at it. So <laughs> uh, that's always a problem, you know? <laughs> well, it seemed that could cause injury. It did. <laughs> and so I've been nursing some back things for, um, for about 10, 15 years that I've had going on. And finally it broke down and 
in December and I had a shift in my, my spine. And so I needed a surgery, went in for surgery on the fourth and, uh, by God, I got COVID. Oh. And so, you know, the moon suits came out and I was quarantined and, you know, couldn't be talked to even though it was like a, a nose cold. And you, uh, so you got COVID after you were getting surgery or bile? right before. Oh, wow. So then they wouldn't do the surgery. So they, oh. so it was another three weeks before I could get back in and, and get scheduled. So the 25th of January, I, uh, I got my back. I got two di- uh, two vertebrae fused, oh, disectomy, geez. just a little bit, and then uh, uh, seven days later, I was at the uh, uh, Weld County Women's uh, Debate. And, That's what I'm talking. And about. took it on, man. It was, you know, I, I, I'm not soft. I'm tough. And, you know, you got to go back to work, and and that's part of the problem we've got with a senator that's in in sitting in the seat right now. Is I, I, we've got a little commercial running right now on on uh, social media about his office being closed. They're yeah, still right. closed, right? You've seen it. Everybody's yeah. seen it. They're, they're, they're closed in Denver. They're closed here. Uh, my office opened up about three weeks after they, you know, talked about COVID. So we had people coming in, put a mask on, let's go to work. That, I mean, that was a little story that was broken by a guy named Matt Foley, who comes on the program and talked about this. That is a, to me, sort of underscores exactly what it is that people like Michael Bennett have been up to over the last two years, right? I mean, they, they approached this pandemic entirely with fear. They, they Look, we can make a, a bunch of arguments about the beginning stages when nobody knew, knew what was going to happen. But two years later to have your office closed? Yeah. I mean, what do they think the people of Colorado are doing? Like well, everybody's just sitting indoors? Well, you know, they're, they're out. Working Coloradans are out earning a living to pay for all that. Right. And that's the problem, right? We've got elitist politicians here in Washington that could give a rats. They yeah. don't care about us. They don't care about us that are working hard. And and I'm I'm fixing to change that. I mean, that's why I'm running. And we need to get rid of soft people like that. I I the, the guy's unbelievable. I mean, show up for work. Right. Right? That's not, that's not too much to ask. Well, how about, I mean, the year before, he was had this quixotic run for president, which, by the way, I will say, I had I, there were many times during that process where I forgot he was a candidate for president. <laughs> it was like he showed up on a stage every once in a while, and you were like, oh, yeah, Michael Bennett said he was going to run. Well, a lot of us didn't know he ran. <laughs> it, it was so short-lived <laughs> that it was like, wow, I, I think he was a candidate, but I'm not sure. <laughs> Unbelievable! Really, not quick. a good, not a good campaign. If he runs that kind of campaign in Colorado, you're going to wax this guy. I'll be giving him the retirement program. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited about that. <laughs> I love it. So, uh, are you a Broncos fan? Big time, big time. How, he, how about the trade? Yeah, well, I mean, that's what I want to talk on. to you about. Russell Wilson. You feel good about it? Oh, you know when we picked up uh, Peyton Manning yeah. back in the day, my uh, my um, event center is like in the shadows of Broncos Stadium, so oh. we're open from about ten o'clock to about five, six o'clock that night. And we serve 2,000 burgers and brats. And, and I mean, it's it's a melee. People love to party they on that. They love yeah. that. And so, you know, Broncos have been down about four and a half, five years. We haven't really had anything. I got to tell you, man, my, uh, my revenues have suffered. But when we trade for Russell Wilson, I'm, I'm all in again. I mean, all of a sudden, you're Elway's best friend. I love him, man. <laughs> One more great thing, right? Just before he's leaving the door, he, he, he goes and hires these guys, and, and they, they make this great, great trade. Broncos will be relevant this year. It'll be totally. awesome. Yeah. You know, it was a gutsy move, right? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're throwing everything at it, but they had a pretty good ball club last year. 
And what they needed is a quarterback. Exactly. And so they went and got one, and they're betting on today, which you got to love, especially yeah. if you own an event center outside of yeah. Mile High. We're all in. We're all in. <laughs> it really goes to my campaign, too. It's, it's you know, I've, I'm betting on myself. Yeah. Right? I put some of my own money into this race just to make sure that we get across the finish line. Yeah. It's about having confidence, about knowing Coloradans and what they want to hear, and it's about knowing how to make sure that we get across the finish line in November. So I, I'm I'm just like uh, I'm just like Elway. I love it, man. I love it. <laughs> well, so you've got a great team. People like like I said that we've worked with for for a number of years. Um, Colorado's a different state in terms of you, you vote almost exclusively by mail. Yeah, mail in ballot. You and, bet. And and you know, ironically, in 2020 because you've been doing it for years, didn't seem to have any kind of hiccups with that process. Is that something that you sort of like rework your campaign to just focus on ground game, to get ballots, to make sure that you're getting every single vote to the polls? Yeah, I think you, you, you take an aggressive approach and make sure that we got good conservative independents that are going to show up on election day and make sure that they get counted. And uh, so we'll have a we'll have a plan around that. Um, it, it's, uh, uh, Colorado has been doing the vote, uh, the, the mail-in ballot for several years. So it's fairly well pr- protect or protected and they, they know how to do it. I, my wife and I, we mail in our ballot. We get something back from Arapahoe County. It says, Hey, we counted your ballot. Yeah. It comes as an email. So there's a, it's a pretty great system. Yeah. That's, I mean, look, if you're going to have to do mail-in, not anybody's preference, but if you got to do it, that's kind of the way to do it. Arizona has got a, a mess. Right. right. They, they kind of have the same situation, although it takes Maricopa County like three weeks to <laughs> count, count half their ballots. So we didn't have that problem in Colorado. <laughs> so. so you're got to be a little bit of an outdoorsman then, given your background. If you're riding bareback horses uh, as a kid, you've got to be enjoying Colorado's outdoors all the time. You can't find a better state. I mean, I, I we still have horses, my wife and I. We ride all the time through our mountains. Yeah. Uh, we go on trail rides. We're out there. We're seeing things that you know, 99% of the country never gets to see in those back, some of those back parks. And yeah. so it's it's a beautiful state. We need to take care of it. Yeah. Is it so? As you look at all the issues, I mean, clearly you speak directly to the economic concerns that working class Coloradans have every day. But like you said, there's everything else. There's immigration. There's I mean, foreign policy, right? Russia, right. Ukraine, all of these these various things out there. Is it? it What's probably then the number two ranking issue of Coloradans in terms of what they're concerned about? Yeah, I think it's the economics, but then a close second is crime now yeah. in Colorado. That's it's, a really good point. It's really taken off. Um, catalytic converters are like gold in Colorado. Yeah. It's the craziest thing. I think we had 8,000 of them stolen last year. And so there's there's just, uh, you know, we've got uh, Boulder is running the state house they're running the globe there it's the governor's office it's the uh senate and it's the house and they're all controlled by uh, boulder people mm-hmm. and we've got woke policies there that are really undermining our ability to fight the crime mm-hmm. it's catch and release i mean these guys come in they're in for 15 20 minutes after stealing a car and they're back on the street yeah so if there's no accountability there crime goes up it's pretty damn simple and you'd think somebody is elitist and smart as michael bennett although soft you'd think he'd be able to figure that out and he's they haven't gated, turned it around he's probably gated his house in <laughs> oh yeah well I, I saw just the other day biden's putting a, a fence around his house in delaware his beach house <laughs> right but we can't finish the the wall down in right uh, at the border and we've got fentanyl coming a- across in by the pound by right. the pound 
It's crazy. It is. It really is wild. I mean, crime is one of those issues that we've seen now in a couple of different places change, fundamentally change different demographics of voters to open them up to the Republican Party. We had a couple of people from South Texas um, on a couple of weeks ago, Hispanic women who were raised Democrat, right? right. And, and on their entire community was, that's just how we vote, right? Where Republicans are like rich out of touch people. And then they started looking at the policies and then ultimately crime, immigration, inflation, all of these things started affecting their communities and they took a second look and now they're like as diehard Republicans <laughs> as they possibly can get. And I, I wonder in Colorado where you do have a, a, a significant Hispanic population, do you see that same kind of trend happening? We do, we do. And uh, about 85% of the craft that works for me in my construction company is Hispanic. My wife's Hispanic. And so we're seeing a real movement there away from Democrats to start you know, getting some common sense back into our government. It's mm -hmm. just simple things. Uh, running an, a radio ad right now, my wife did one in Spanish on the Spanish channels, and it's been really well received. We're going to motivate that group. They're going to be with us this That's November. Uh, I, I think they're there. They totally. really are. I really, I really believe that. And we've been trying to, to to shout from the top of the mountains, even as high as Colorado, that this is this is a a population that has been so taken for granted by the Democratic Party and assumed that you can sort of silo people off by identity right? When and, and somehow like issues don't matter, right? <laughs> and so, I mean, just making the effort, like you were saying, doing Hispanic language radio ads, right? and they can hear what you have to say, what your message for your campaign is. I got to imagine that makes a big difference in November. Oh, I, I think it will. And, and, and they're, I mean, the community is so great. They just, they just are, they're activists too. They, they're not silent. Uh, right. they, once you uh, start really rapping to them about what's going on in our economy, and, and believe me, they understand it. They're really concerned about this crime thing because it's taken over their neighborhoods. Yeah. And so they, they are fired up. Um, I think you're going to see those guys show up and make a big dis difference, especially in the northern communities of, mm -hmm. of uh, Denver where uh, a lot a lot of Hispanic community lives. Yeah. Well, I mean, and we're going to need every last vote, yep. right? I mean, there is still a Democratic machine that's that's coming everywhere. Uh, and they, they have operated with confidence in Colorado over the last few years. But I, I agree. I think that the tide is turning. Well, and I, and I think it's time we listen to Coloradans. Um, you know, if you look at the uh, dynamics of our campaign, I've raised more money than any other Republican in the state going through this primary. And 97% of my money is from in-state. It's from good Coloradans. Whereas my opponent, soft Michael Bennett, has raised uh, 68 or 70 percent of his monies from out of state, yeah, uh, from the party, right? Yeah. And and so I point that out every chance I get. Are you going to invite uh, Joe Biden to come uh, campaign for Michael Bennett in the fall? As often as he can show up. In <laughs> fact, I'll buy the plane ticket. I, I really will. We need him here. He's part of that regime that's taken over Washington, that's taken over Denver, and is responsible for all these bad policies. Well, and he can articulate his agenda so clearly <laughs> to everyone, right? How would you like to be the guy that has to go clean that up, you know, 15 minutes later every time? We call it Bracket Man, because in the, tr in the White House transcripts, 
you'll notice that like every other sentence, there's a bracket or the correction for what something is there. So we could, we say bracket man's the busiest man in Washington, right? Oh, you just got to be sweating bullets, right? <laughs> and it's even worse when Kamala gets up there. So oh it's like the bracket God. man needs a raise, I think. Oh my God. I listened to that uh, little skit you guys did the other night on quotes, her or veep. Oh, veep or veep. Yeah. Veep or veep. Oh man, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. it. When we started playing that game, Almost nobody had heard her speak just extemporaneously, right? But I mean, we spent a lot of time paying attention to this sort of thing, and so we thought she literally just sounded entirely the same as as the show, V, right? I mean, it's just nonsense. Just words that for like you could put them forwards or backwards, they mean the same thing. And uh, and we started playing it, and then now it gets tougher to play because everybody's onto this, right? Right, and right, so it's, right. It makes headlines before we play it, but. Well, I was really worried when I got in this race. You know, I'm a carpenter. Yeah. I'm not a, really a public speaker. And, and then my guys kind of played a few stints of that and said, here's what you're up against. And I felt like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm miles ahead of her. I, I can do this. <laughs> the order of our times. Uh, no, I think you can do this. I've got three big questions for you. Uh, and this is, these are the ones that everybody listens to. Sure. So these are there's no wrong answers, but there's inauthentic answers. I don't have a feeling that you're going to give us anything close to inauthentic after talking to you for 20 minutes. But but here goes. Here's first. If you could plan your last meal on Earth, what would it be? Well, I wanted to go with uh, Rocky Mountain oysters at, oh at a place. Oh my god, called, that is incredible uh, answer. <laughs> at a place called uh, Bruce's up in Severance, which we used to go in college. And my wife said, "No, you can't say that on on air. You can say it on Ruthless. <laughs> I'm not sure you want to go everywhere, but you could definitely say it on Ruthless." I'd go over the grass grass fed, you know, ribeye at Elway's. I mean, I'd get down there, and and that that's a just a. You come to Denver, I'll take you out there. You know what? You can absolutely bank on that. that um, you're coming. That's absolutely. Good. I, you know, I don't have to eat the Rocky Mountain oysters, but I'm pretty sure we're going to make Smug eat one. <laughs> oh, he, if, if, he's from, if he's a real Colorado guy, he's been there. Yeah. All right. All right. I may bring this up too. Uh, all right. Second question. This is going to be a little different because you're brand new to politics. So I'm going to widen the aperture a little bit. And... If you didn't spend your life doing what you have done, building this construction business, employing 300 people, um, and you had this just blue sky of what it is that you could do with your life, what do you think you'd do? Boy, that's that's tough. I, I really have enjoyed what I've done. Um, you know, I built a company that has provided jobs for Coloradans for years, and, and I enjoy the people, right? It's, yeah. the, it's about the people. Um, but by God, I'd like to go back and ride rodeo again i really would <laughs> if, if i was better at it i would have stuck it out but you know when you get, when you're in the dirt more than you're not it's time to get off what what's so. the, is the culture of the rodeo just something else it seems like it just from afar i've never really been around them people leave wives they leave families to chase this stupid buckle right <laughs> yeah it, right. it's crazy and and it is probably the funnest thing that you can ever do it's you know it, it happens in seconds yeah. And you're either in or you're out. Right. And so it it's just an adrenaline rush like you can't really, really even talk to people about unless they've been on it. That's it's, amazing. It's, it's That's great. incredible. I would never do it, but I, I appreciate those who do. Uh, all right, third question. This is where this gets like a little, goes to the motivations right. of Joe O'Day. Um, we, the way we frame it is you're either motivated by the thrill of victory or the agony of defeat. And obviously nobody likes defeat. So it's not like whether you like to win or lose. The thrill of victory person is sort of the 
smiling optimist, always charging up the hill, um, you know, sort of accomplishing something because it just brings them accomplishment is like what fuels them. The agony of defeat person enjoys every win for like one second, but every loss or setback that they've had in life, they carry like a backpack everywhere they go. And that's what motivates them to go sort of onto the next challenge. Right. Where do you find yourself? I'm an agony of defeat guy. I mean, I'm just constantly driven by hard work, making sure that I'm prepared. And if I don't prepare myself well enough and I, and I lose, man, it's like, I can't forgive myself. So I'm, I'm just totally driven. I I started my business. It's three 30 in the morning until 10 30 at night, making sure you cover everything and you want to lose, right? You don't want to lose your business. You don't want to lose. And so that just drives me. It's, it drives me today. Uh, in everything that I do, I, uh, that's why I'm, 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 I started this race back in March and I am grinding mm-hmm. and, and I'll make sure that if, if nothing else, I outwork Michael Bennett. I mean, that soft guy, there is no way that he is going to outwork me. <laughs> I know that's true. I know that's true. Listen, first time candidacy. Uh, this is a big, this is a big deal. It's going to be a big race. I have a absolutely good feeling about you as a candidate and the way that you guys are going to run this campaign they're going to throw a lot at you Uh, we're ready we're ready i haven't done anything in my life that i'm ashamed of so we're ready to go i love it so for those of us who want to help your campaign where do we find you so uh, i've got a website set up joeoday.com that's j-o-e-o-d-e-a o-d-e-a.com and uh we got a lot of energy going on. I, I'm, I'm hoping you're going to come out and see us here this summer while we're running our race against Michael Bennett. I'd love to see you guys again. I, awesome. I feel like we have just started arranging, rearranging our schedules because <laughs> I would love to go to Colorado. I'd love to see what you guys are up to. Uh, thanks for being here. I really appreciate you coming in studio. Yeah, well, thanks for the fellows having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks again. Boy, that guy, I think he's going to win. You know, I really do. What I, I really like about him is that he just he's total one of us type guy, you know? Like he he's the kind of kind of guy that you grew up with or that lives in your community that that just sort of he's got his own business and he's worked, you know, by himself all the way bootstrapped it up and it, it just happens to be what voters are looking for. And it, it, it may yeah. sound cliché, but it's like the guy you want to have a beer with. Yeah. Dude, 100% right. And and we should have gotten like I, I compare this cycle a lot to 2010. We should have gotten Colorado in 2010. Yeah, we should have. We should have gotten it. We should have gotten that Senate race. We, we were so close. We got a good candidate. We so, should bag it. Right. So, I mean, if you compare that cycle to where we are now, you look at the generic ballot and how much it's moved in favor of Republicans. I mean, this is a winnable seat. It is. I mean, it's a stretch, but it's winnable. It's a winnable seat. We're going to keep an eye on it. Thanks to him and his team for coming in to the Variety program. I know his time is short when he comes and visits Washington, D.C. Got to check a couple of boxes, but he put us on the list, which we urge all candidates to do. So thanks a bunch. And that was outstanding interview and outstanding, absolute banger of a show. I mean, it was, out, it was off the rails, but it was a banger of a show. Uh, so remember, Minions, vote if you have not yet in the hack madness. So until next time, Minions, keep the faith Hold the line and own the libs. We'll see you on Tuesday. Stay ruthless.